Hello and welcome back to episode 3 of Little Lessons Uncovered. And this is your host, Ojong Bate. On today's episode, I'm going to talk about identity and all that comes with it. Who are you, if I may ask? How would you describe yourself to the next person? If you're like me, Ojong Bate, I am a black woman, a Cameroonian immigrant, and a female healthcare practitioner. I identify as female, black, healthcare professional, and many other things. Why do I talk about this? <laughs> if you've been awake the past two weeks, you have probably noticed what's happening in our world today and how the world is unifying to stand for the black people. Have you ever thought about the time you realized that you were black? Looking back at my upbringing, I was born and raised in Cameroon until 18 before I immigrated to the US. Back home in Boya Limbe and just Cameroon in general, the notion of being black never crossed my mind at all, not even once. Why is that, you might be thinking? This is because, honestly, your race is not something that you chose. It's biologically inherited. It's a group of people, it's a belonging, it's culture, it's language, it's religion, and many more things. And just the black race in being black in America has deep-rooted history of pain, prejudice, injustice, and segregation. And these conversations have been ignored for a long, long time. Let's talk about a few experiences I've had. Fast forward grad school, pharmacy school, Charleston, West Virginia, University of Charleston, West Virginia. That's my alma mater, yes. <laughs> when I told a few friends and family members I was gonna be going to West Virginia for school, they were like, what? West Virginia, what is there? Didn't you see any other school to apply? Why are you going so far away? It's too white out there. You think you're going to survive it? And knowing me, I didn't think much of it. And I have always made myself at home wherever I find home. So these conversations did not distract me, discourage me in any shape or form. But was my awareness heightened? Did I think about, oh, did I make the right choice? Should I find another school closer and more diverse? Of course. Then fast forward two years in to pharmacy school. And this <laughs> evening, it was a Friday night, as I recollect. We had just finished exams. My friend and I had left that apartment and visited another friend, and three of us had a conversation in his living room. 
We were having a good time, eating goat meat pepper soup he had prepared, and just talking about how the week went and how it came to an end and how we can't wait for the semester to wrap up. Then we hear the knock on the door. And we three of us looked at each other. He was sitting um, across from both of us. So there were two girls and a guy. And he said, uh, were you guys expecting anybody else? I was like, no, it's just us. We did not, we're not expecting anyone else. Are you expecting someone? And he responded, not really. And I, I opted to get the door. So <laughs> when I opened the door, there was a cop. And he said, oh, we were called because of a noise complaint. And so I invited him inside. I'm like, officer, you can come right in. It's just the three of us here. We just finished finals, and we're just talking about how the week went. And he said, it's just the three of you here? And we all nodded. Yeah, it's just the three of us here. And he said, all right. Just keep it down, keep it down, and um, okay, when we get this noise complaints, we, we have to check in so we can file a report. <laughs> Believe me, after that incident, we continued our conversation and just um, talked about the disruption and just how being black was really interesting because our friend had confided in us that the neighbor downstairs was the older white gentleman that wasn't the first time he had called the authorities to come upstairs when we had gatherings, even when he was uh, made aware ahead of time. That's one of the stories that just makes me realize that sometimes... The color of your skin, like we hear every day and we're learning and just as uh, it makes you viewed in a different eye, it um, makes non makes bias a reality for other people and truly makes some people uncomfortable. Then when we look back at like media and the what we see in the news and um, police brutality. And personally, I can recall the first time I was ever pulled over was on my drive going from West Virginia to Cleveland Clinic. I was on the phone talking to my sister. We had a heated argument and I was very upset and I didn't realize I was speeding. <laughs> And I am glad that the cop pulled me over because he had to because I was over the speed limit and driving unsafe. But when he did, at the first sign of the flashing lights, my hat raised. I was tensed. And I thought about what is happening in the U.S. and how police brutality and how I'm not the right color skin and all that and I was so scared like any other black person would relate when he got there I had my hands on the steering wheel I didn't move them 
and he said you were speeding and i said yes officer i realize and i'm sorry and i said can i have your documents and your insurance and your car registration and i was just sitting there because i was really scared and he said can you hear me i'm like yes say um do i have permission to grab them and he said go for it and i grabbed my insurance <laughs> and my registration and gave it to him he came he took it went to his car and came back with a ticket. That was the end of it. I drove safer on my way forward and got home safely, thankfully. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it was wrong to be pulled over. It was correct because I was over the speed limit. But what... It's scary about being pulled over is the fact that you have all these thoughts, you have fear, you have adrenaline, and everything is happening so fast and you're so scared just because you identify as black and you're part of a race that has been prejudiced for a long, long time. Fast forward, my second time I ever got pulled over was when... <laughs> Arkansas. I had just returned home from Delaware visiting my parents and I forgot to renew my license reg registration. So my tag had expired. I didn't know. I got in the night before and the morning off I was calling to work because someone was sick so I went to work. So on my drive home from work, um, the officer pulled me over and he... I still have my white coat on, my badge and everything. He asked me, where are you from? I'm like, from work. And he's like, you know why I pulled you over? I'm like, no, officer, because I wasn't speeding. I'm really tired. I'm just from work. And what did I do? I asked all those questions really fast because my heart was pacing. I was like, oh, no, I don't know what I did, but I really need to be calm. I really need to be respectful because I'm thinking I need to get home safe. I need to stay alive. I cannot be a statistic. And he said, oh, your registration is expired. And he gave me a warning and reminded me to renew it. That was the end of the story. Why do I bring up those stories? These stories, every incident was necessary. My license and registration was expired. And I was over the speed limit. It was important for law enforcement to remind me that I'm breaking the rules. But what isn't fair is the fact that it is associated with a level of uncomfort based on our reality of being a black woman or man in America or just a black man or just being the wrong color or skin or identity. These are truths, these are realities, and these are conversations that we need to highlight so that the other parties, the law enforcement, the officers, and everyone is aware of how their presence affects our reality based on what we feel and what we face as a people. Why am I saying this? I'm saying this to tell you that my nephew, Aiden, that is almost two in a week, will get preaching from auntie how important respect is 
for law authority and law enforcement. But he's also going to get empowerment to understand when to speak up and stand up for what is right. How do we cross the line? We have to understand the root of the problem. We have to understand the beginnings. We have to understand the history. We have to understand the roadblocks. And we have to talk about what we face and continue to document and encourage speaking up for the right reason, using the right methods. Let's talk about how we felt after Memorial Day, after the incident of George Floyd's death. Personally, when I went to work, my team brought up the conversation. It was, we had to talk about it. We had to talk about just life and just living and how important it is to be human and just how the outcry to be respected and to be afforded a voice is overdue. So if you're listening to me, if you're an immigrant, if you're a black woman or man, if you're a grandma or grandpa, if you, wherever you're from, whatever your skin you are, I encourage you to speak the truth, to stand for the oppressed and to be educated in your advocacy. Please don't go in blindly or ignorantly. Understand realities that people face and the roadblocks that exist. And do your part by being truthful understanding, educating, and speaking up. So as a leader in my field and healthcare as a whole, you're trained that when you are quiet towards a behavior, you, that's just silent approval. We've heard it in many different ways, in many different phrases, in many different quotes, in... Um, that time is now to just speak up. When I lived in Arkansas, I was talking about my identity and how it affects my profession. I worked in a neighborhood that was predominantly white, and I had a customer that walked up to the pharmacy and made a comment, oh, you have a black pharmacist now? At the drop-off window. I heard the comment and I stood there, speechless. And then he proceeded to say, Can I talk to her? Of course, it's my job. I have to go talk to him. And when I walked in front, I took to ask him what um, he needed help with. My patient told me, ma'am, you are too young to be my pharmacist. So in my mind, I don't know 
what which came first or which got to me first the fact that he assumed that i was too young to be his caretaker or healthcare provider or the fact that he made the comment about oh you have a black pharmacist now but i sure do understand that i felt comfortable in my skin but uncomfortable by that comment because I always see myself as a pharmacist and not a black pharmacist, a caretaker and not the black caretaker. But then I understand that my reality living in the U.S. is I have to identify with my race. And I call upon you, my sisters, my friends and immigrants especially, please identify with your race, educate yourself and stand up and be a part of the fight to overcome the prejudice. Conversations like this need reflection. You can't just say anything. You have to say the right thing. I'm not talking about saying the political correct thing. No, I'm saying that you should say what you truly believe and what you understand and you should be factual. And in situations where you're not sure how to act or behave or support each other as a black race, ask questions and genuinely seek education. Do not remain in ignorance. Sometimes we're very busy in our personal lives, but as I identify with who I am, I have come to the understanding that it's not optional to understand the root causes of being who I am and what I am and what I am becoming. Reasons are, as a black woman, I would always identify with my black sisters and brothers and everyone that has the same hue of skin as me. And I will always feel the experiences that come with who we are. But the one thing I ask is, when you know yourself, you understand your identity, you're proud of your heritage, give yourself permission to take up space, empower others. Be bold enough to speak up and stand out when you have to. Be a part of the solution. Everybody, I mean everybody, needs to join and help us, be it black race, white race, become kinder towards one another have a real understanding of what our various realities are and just intentionally live our purposes let me go back to being black and being sick 
When I went to Arkansas, I was quite aware that having a genetic disease that is not very common amongst another race, my care would probably be harder to find the quality of care that I deserve. I was very much aware that I would have to advocate for my health and myself every step of the way. But what I wasn't ready for was the pushback during a hospital visit when I was hospitalized and like um, seeing myself deteriorating and talking to a provider and asking them, can I please have the statistic of how many people you've treated that are my race with this condition? And they said, maybe two in 18 years. I was so scared for my life. Like, I remember it. I was like, oh my God, all these things. And people ask me, where are you going? This was, this is it. Something might happen to me. Then in a split second, I remembered that I needed to speak up. So I spoke up and I asked for a second opinion and a third opinion. And um, that got me the care I deserved. I'll come back to being a professional and times when um, I have been pushed to the wall by the patients I serve sometimes. I have had an incident where I don't remember exactly what I did, but I said something that offended someone and um, they just started screaming at my place of work. They were screaming at me, calling me names and railing insults at me. Luckily, my my manager, my store manager intervened and when he intervened, unfortunately for him, he was the same <laughs> color as me. So the punches were turned over to him and um, as a professional, what do you do? What I did was I immediately shut down the, the practice area and just calmed down and collected my thoughts and reported the incident to my supervisor. I felt immense support because my supervisor had did not have to come to work that day, but she drove an hour plus to come make sure that I was okay. And that was really valuable to me. That only didn't tell me that I was valuable team member. It also taught me that speaking up is important. Today... <laughs> This conversation is a difficult one, but the three things I want you to take out of this are be bold, identify with who you are, be true to yourself and speak up when you have to. Don't ignore things because you don't want to be the center of attention or the elephant in the room. Someone has to be. And I hope it's going to be you because we have to do it for us, for those that are to come after us, and for our generations way ahead. So I challenge you as you listen to me and my thoughts and reflections, as uncoordinated as they might be, that you are empowered to share a story of how you've been affected due to the color of your skin and how you've been scared and what you can do to change it.
you can educate yourself, you can support a movement, you can speak up, and you can stand out. You can change the false perceptions, but it's not going to all go away overnight. Prejudice, oppression, racism, societal stratification, and much more will be a gradual battle. But as we unify to fight it, be it women, men, mothers, fathers, people of color, humans, and humanity, we will get better. And hopefully one day the tales shall be told by our great-great-great-grandchildren of how far we've come. Again, this uh, lessons uncovered by Ojan Bate. I hope um, this was worthwhile. I hope you picked up a pearl. And if you liked what you hear in this podcast, please share, subscribe, and email me if you'd like me to cover a topic. Again, this is purely my thoughts and my reflections. And I would like to hear what you think. Thank you for listening.